4: craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's radios iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free hello
6: and welcome it's our number one our number one of the Maller show for a friday now before we get into this I want to promote a couple things here all right now in addition to the Podcast audio content you're going to get right now. Another podcast is going to drop. Maybe it's already out, depending on when you listen to this podcast. That's the Fifth Hour podcast, our Friday conversation podcast. And it's myself on the Fifth Hour, Ben Maller, with Double Gascon's. Right. If you think one David Gascon is good, can you imagine what two David Gascons are like? Now, we're going to talk with the former head of the LAPD. He's one of the big shots at the LAPD back in the O.J. Simpson trial days. That's David's father, and he is going to be with us in the Fifth Hour podcast, and that will be coming up uh, today, and so subscribe to that. Help us out. And also, we've got Benny versus the Penny, which will be at 5 o'clock Eastern, Uh, and 2 o'clock in the West, 2 o'clock in the West as well. So we have that to look forward to. This hour, hour number one, the Rams. You can ram it all day. You can ram it all night. The Rams, a better team this year than the Super Bowl team. We explain why. Sean McVay, it was like his bar mitzvah against Bill Belichick. And Cam Newton should be selling men's clothing. I will explain why. All those stories and more here in hour number one. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ben Maller Show podcast. It's me, Ben. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 2 to 6 Eastern, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. You can find your local station for the Ben Maller Show over at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the I Radio app by searching FSR.
2: You're listening to Fox
6: Sports Radio. You can ram it all day. You can ram it all night. Welcome in the beginning of the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere. Coast to coast and border to border and beyond on the vast and powerful microphones of Fox Sports Radio emanating live Inside the Magic Radio Box, also known as the Geico FSR Studios. Hope all is well in your world. And we are back together again, united by the power of mass communication. And our lead this hour comes from the NFL. This is one of those obvious nights. One of those obvious nights. We had a Thursday night rhubarb In the NFL, an extravaganza between a couple teams that played in the Super Bowl a few years ago. You wouldn't know it by the way the teams are going right now, at least one of them, the Patriots and the Rams. It was on Fox. Did you watch? Maybe not. Possibly not. So Cam Akers. Yeah, Cam Akers, that guy. Nothing spectacular. Florida State guy. He ran for 171 yards, and the Los Angeles defense bottling up Cam Newton, whoever else played quarterback, Jared Stidham. Never heard and of And the him. Patriots' futile offense. And the L.A. Rams improved to 9-4 and, and continue to put pressure on the Seahawks, although not much. Seattle has a bye this week. They play the Jets. And the Patriots, they dropped to 6-7, and seven, which means they cannot win 10 games. That run of 10 or more wins is finito. It is done. That's it. Now, The Patriots haven't been eliminated yet, but they're going to need all kinds of help. They're even going to need you as a listener to help them to get in the playoffs. You might have to pull some fire alarms for the Miami Dolphins, the Colts, the Raiders, the Ravens, all these teams. So they got problems, but we will address the collapse of New England in a bit. We'll get to that, but we got to focus here on the team that was victorious first, because the question, how big a deal was this? How big a win? You know, well, it's a bad Patriot team. Rams have been pretty good. How big a deal is it? So I've got NASA, Crunch Bunch, and Haberdashery. And we will combine all these things together. Now, A, if you're the casual fan, you would say it's not that big a deal. The Patriots, as I pointed out, average team, they had a 500 record. They lost to the Broncos at home got blown out by the Niners. Neither one of those teams is going to the playoffs. The, the Rams have been pretty good. However, and we pointed this out in the lead-up to this game, this was the uh, maturing of Sean McVay. It was like his bar mitzvah for Sean McVay. McVay was completely flummoxed against Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. He was outcoached, and that, that doesn't even tell you the whole story. The, the, that alone, though, is... Being outcoached by Belichick is one thing. So, well, that's fine. But the way that that went down and just to give you the brief recap in case you've forgotten, uh, it was a pathetic display of pregame fanboyism by Sean McVay that was inexcusable and unforgivable. You're in the Super Bowl. You're a contemporary of Belichick. I know it doesn't seem that way, but Sean McVay was like an immature, star-struck teenager who... Kind of mixed with a puppy dog. You combine all, and he's slobber, slobber, slobber all over Belichick, following him around. And what a juxtaposition, though, from that a couple of years ago to just ringing the bell of Belichick and taking a two by four to Belichick's head, which is what happened in the Thursday night game. This was for Sean McVeigh a NASA situation, right? Like the the late, great Neil Armstrong said, that's one small step for man. One giant leap for ram kind. For ram kind. I think he might have said a different word. Uh, but but the lesson is kind of obvious. We all know this. You don't get mad. You don't get mad if you want revenge. You get even. And not that this is the uh, equivalent of a Super Bowl, but still for the Rams to boat race the Patriots from Alpha to Omega. Uh, this was a manhandling handling. Situation: They won at the line of scrimmage, the offensive and defensive lines, the much maligned Ram offensive line. They said they were going to be terrible this year. They have not been. Uh, They've had injuries, and the backups have done the job. It was like the adults versus the children. And typically, when the Patriots and Rams play, it's the opposite. The Patriots are the grown-ups, and the Rams are the children. And Sean McVay, we told him to run this offense. He ran the offense. He ran the -the hide-the-quarterback offense. When you have Jared Goff as your quarterback, who sucks – Uh, and you still dominate, you do that by running the -the hide-the-quarterback offense. Jared Goff got off to a decent start in this game. He had 72 yards passing in the first quarter. And then after that, the next three quarters combined, he had 65 yards passing the final three quarters. Uh, And even with that liability, even with that cross to bear with Jared Goff, the Rams offense— it's like a Swiss Army knife. They can beat you multiple ways, and they're off the grid, which is really a good spot for the Rams to be in. And uh, you play Green Bay, for example. You got to stop Devonte Adams. Right, you got to stop Devontae Adams. Is the guy you got to stop him. Uh, and the, you look at the top receivers, and and those are the guys you circle in on when you play the Rams. They have a stable of players that are all kind of the same, and not just receivers. Talking about running backs, tight ends. It's known as interchangeable parts is the clinical term. And it does make you a tough team to play, right? As fearsome as a barracuda when you have five receivers that are all kind of the same and you have three or four running backs that are all kind of the same and it doesn't matter who's in there. You're not, you're not downgrading. You're not upgrading either, but you can't just put your top defensive back against the top receiver for the Rams, because they don't have a top, top receiver. It's like when you play the Cardinals, it's easy to defend the Cardinals. They have one guy, DeAndre Hopkins. That's it. And they got a, a sideshow quarterback in Kyler. So now part B of this, in a previous episode, we had said in a previous episode that the Rams are not pretenders. They are Super Bowl contenders. And this only added to that belief, this game against the Patriots. This was... Confirmation bias, this is a better team than the team that got to the Super Bowl. Whether they get to the Super Bowl or not is irrelevant. The Rams are a better team this year than they were the Super Bowl year. And the NFC is wide open. Right, wide open. The Saints have Taysom Hill. and uh, he's, he's not that good. He's, trust me, you know, in, in a big moment, he will let you down. You'll choke on your gumbo. And Drew Brees, who knows if Brees is going to be able to come back. And then the Packers, while they have Aaron Rodgers, that defense, shaky. The Seahawks have already lost to the Rams. And Russell Wilson, uh, not exactly lighting the world on fire here of late. He got that amazing start. And lately, eh. he's, He's been a jag lately, just a guy. But the reason, the main reason that the Rams are much better now than they were when they were in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, they still have Jared Goff, who sucks, but they have a championship defense, is what they have. They didn't have that. They had a terrible defense, and they were still able to get to the Super Bowl. The Rams traded a bunch of first-round picks to get Jalen Ramsey, and many people rolled their eyes and said, what are you doing? Now, at the time, I was like, listen, I like going for it. I don't know that this is the guy you go for, but I like going for it. And that single move, which the Rams were crucified and demonized for making, the Jalen Ramsey trade. Who's laughing right now? Right, Jacksonville's got a couple of first-round picks out of that trade. Whoop-dee-damn-do. The Rams have a great defensive back who's locked up with a new contract, and this guy is a pest for the opposition. You mix him with Aaron Donald and the other additions the Rams have made, and they have the West Coast Crunch Bunch. They have the West Coast Crunch Bunch. Now, the Patriots suck. In this game, they were terrible. I don't know what they were doing in L.A. all week. Everything's closed in L.A. I don't know what these guys were doing. Apparently, they were finding things to distract them from preparing for the Rams uh, because they played the Chargers and beat them 45-0. But the Ram defense had six sacks, ten quarterback hits, seven tackles for a loss. That's like steel curtain-type statistics or Monsters of the Midway uh, Chicago Bears back in the day, or the Ravens. That, that that's that kind of performance. Kenny Young had a 79-yard pick six. The Patriots had four chances to score touchdowns in the red zone. They didn't get a single touchdown. They were 0 for four as far as touchdowns. And the Ram defense, they come at you like in convoys. And they're these guys. Some of these guys are as big as Hercules, King Kong, and Godzilla. And they're all lined up there. And I didn't expect this to happen at all. I thought the Rams would be a nine-win team. Well, they are a nine-win team, and they're not done yet. They've already won nine games. They've already gotten to my expectations before the season. Low expectations. And when Wade Phillips exited stage right, the defensive coordinator, old Wade, right, Uncle Uncle Wade, when he took off, we had a plot twist. We had a plot twist. The plot twist is – the Rams went out. I don't know where they found this guy. This diamond in the rough, their new defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, who was schooled under Vic Fangio. And Fangio was the defensive guru in Chicago. And this guy has been manna from heaven, this Brandon Staley, the defensive coordinator. Now, he's got good players. He's got good players. But the Rams have had some good defensive players, and it had the, the, the whole has not been as good as the individual parts. Now – the, the whole is as good, if not better, than the individual parts. And I'm trying to enjoy this because I know as a Ram apologist that this guy, Staley's so good, he's going to be gone. He'll be going to coach the Falcons or the Texans or the Lions or the Jets or somebody else. He's not going to be with the Rams much longer. All right, last word here. We must address the Patriots. We ha- what was that? What the hell was that? Why'd you waste your time practicing for that kind of puke performance? You talk about taking a ride on the vomit comet. And we like Belichick on this show. We support Belichick. But my God, very rarely do you see Bill Belichick beaten down like that. And it's happened a lot this year. It has. This is not the first time. But that was a slap to the face, as we said, a two-by-four to the, to the forehead, to the noggin. Uh, that was for cocktail football is what it was. And – a disheartening performance all the way around because the Patriots actually had a path to get back right in the thick of things with their upcoming schedule and the teams they play, the Patriots uh, play the Dolphins, and they've got the Bills still to come on the schedule. And the, the Patriots' defense could not stop the run. Who, you know, The Patriots were not great against the run, but they weren't horrible. The offense, the, the Patriots' offense was like a dull plastic butter knife And it was warm. It was a dull plastic butter knife that was warm. How bad? They had 10 first downs the entire game. 10 against that Rams defense. 3 of 13 on third down. Averaged less than 4 yards per play, pass and run combined. 220 yards. They were under 200 yards going into the fourth quarter. And New England would have been better off, instead of throwing the football around, if they had taken a basket of tomatoes and potatoes and just thrown those, it would have been just as effective. Now, they did box up Jared Goff, although a lot of that was just the Rams not trying to have Jared Goff throw the ball down the field. Cam Akers, though, the Patriots made him look like he was back in Tallahassee, and it was like a Florida State-Syracuse game on a Saturday afternoon the way he sliced them up. It was downhill. There were no obstacles. The biggest day for a Ram rookie running back since the bus goes round and round, the wheels on the bus, Jerome Bettis. And as for the Komodo Dragon in the room, Cam Newton. I have some advice here. The way I have seen Cam Newton play, he had less than 100 yards passing against the Rams last week. He had 69 yards, or against the Chargers, rather, the week before. This game, he was terrible again. Uh, Cam Newton should really look to a second career. May I recommend life at the haberdashery? uh, As an NFL quarterback, the way I have seen this man perform this year, Cam Newton has a very bright future selling hats and other garments at a men's clothing line or clothing store, the haberdashery. And we have seen why. Cam Newton was on the discount rack. Every once in a while, you take something off the discount rack and you're like, wow, this is really good. There was a blue light special on Cam Newton from Carolina, and a lot of the media, if you remember, you go back. Now, I know everyone's reactionary in this business. That's how it works. But the first couple games, Cam actually had some decent numbers, and it, you know, they, they took the Seahawks to the edge, and then they blew it in the final play there at the goal line. And people are like, well, Cam Newton's going to get a multi-year, a million-gazillion-dollar contract extension. Like, Why did nobody else sign Cam Newton? This is you know racism and all these other things. Well, now, now we know why Cam Newton was available because uh, he sucks, uh, and he's, he's terrible. And, uh, and there's an old phrase in sports that applies here to Cam Newton. Don't let a falling star fall on you. And Cam Newton is a falling star, and it's like an avalanche as Cam Newton comes tumbling down on the hopes, dreams, and aspirations of the 2020 Patriots with Bill Belichick. Uh, and, and so you know, Cam's like the pitcher that lost his fastball and has no breaking pitch. He, he had one pitch, and he doesn't have it anymore, and there's no other pitches. He's under-throwing receivers. He's throwing away from them wide right, wide. He's like a kicker, wide right, wide left. It is almost impossible, the way we have seen Cam Newton play this year, to imagine a scenario where he is anything more than a backup, training camp arm. But the days of Cam Newton being given a starting job, don't they have to be over? I just don't see a path there for him. All right, it is the Ben Maller Show. If you would like to be part of this program, you can call up right now at 877-99 on Fox. We do have lame jokes of the week. If you are with us long-term, most people don't listen to the radio that long, but if you're with us long-term, we'll have lame jokes in hour number three. This, of course, hour number one. And you can go back and hear all of this on the podcast. There's some changes in the lineup. We've gone to our bench. We'll address some of that. And also, a stalking horse is on the loose. A stalking horse is on the loose. We'll get to that as well, and we will do it next.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
5: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other.
8: It's Mallor 2020, and you can be heard in the democracy of the Ben Mallor show. We encourage and welcome the voice of the people. That would be you, following the voice of this show on Twitter. He's at Ben Mallor, and you can tweet at and follow me, Eddie Garcia, your humble sidekick, the voice of reason. I'm at Eddie on Fox, and I'll live from the Geico Ever Fox. Touched it? Oh, there it is. Little, little late. <laughs> And out live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's Ben Maller. we get started,
6: as you mentioned, Eddie, we have some new people here on the show. We got Chris and Roberto's away. And we'll have more on these developments later on. Next hour, I'll have a breaking news report that I'm going to save for next hour. Uh, But Roberto's not here, and Chris is in. Chris is the Lions fan. And then we also have Koopa Loop, who's gone and Bo the show is here, so when we have someone who's not normally here, we like to play a little game. How many regulars will get past Bo the show? Now, keep in mind, uh, we're not doing a newbie night. It's not a newbie night. We have a, we have a group of people that are just like the core basic callers of this show. We we want new people to call in, but nobody new seems to call in. It's like the same five people calling every day. So, what are the chances that someone gets past Bo the show using the alias of a? Former caller, for example, or uh, was it last? I think it was uh, Angry Bill. Last time Bo was in here, called up as uh, several other people. If I remember. I, I, I
8: would like. To, I can't wait to find out how many regulars will be called something other than their regular. Oh, that's name. That's,
6: that's that's true. That's yeah. a good one too. Yes, that's right. The uh, the spelling. What do you? What are your expectations here, Bo? How how messed up do you think this is going to get tonight? What do you, what do you think? Uh very very messy tonight. Very messy. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. It's a good attitude. Uh big <laughs> realistic about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Uh Big Rig Rob writes and he says, Ben, simply put, A plus plus monologue enough said. Uh Romosexual. A plus monologue, Ben. Uh beat down. Great beat down by the Rams. So much joy and so much passion in your voice. Uh, yet I can't help but wonder if your giddiness. Is overcompensation for a certain embarrassing signing by a certain team in L.A.? Well, that's where you're wrong, Romosexual, and I will address that in hour number two. Stay tuned. Inquiring minds would like to know. Our buddy Skeeter in Montana, very nice Skeeter in Montana, he says your monologue was more interesting than the game was. (laughs) It was over at halftime. Well, the game was over at halftime. That is true. But for some reason, I kept watching. I kept watching the game. Dolphin Mike, now he's the Dolphin apologist that's had to have his tail between his legs for the last 20 years, but now the Dolphins have a good team, so he's back pumping his chest out. He says, according to Pro Football Focus, both of Miami's starting cornerbacks are better than Ramsey statistically so far this season. Number one, third down. Number two, defensively scoring. Number three, overall Yes, we are Super Bowl contenders. All right, Miami, says Dolphin Mike. Well, if you look at the actual overall numbers, the Miami Dolphins defensively are ranked 16th in the NFL in yards per game allowed, which I don't think is good. It's not bad. It's average. The Rams coming into this game were second in the NFL in yards per opponent, and that Miami defense played – the uh, the Rams, of course, and I don't know if Dolphin Mike wants to address what happened in that game because the, the Dolphins did win the game, but do you think the Rams had much problem moving the ball? Because I, as I remember, maybe, I, maybe my memory is a little hazy here. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I do the overnight show, so I got a lot of stuff going on. But as I recall that Week 8 matchup between the Dolphins and the Rams, I seem to remember Jared Goff, the much maligned Jared Goff, having like almost 400 yards passing in that game, if I recall. So, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Just, just throwing out that that if your defense gave Jared Goff almost 400 yards passing, I don't know how good your defense is and how good your defensive backs are. Just want to point that out. It's, you know, now Reek in Minnesota says it was a C minus monologue. Uh, I can see the Rams phallic object on your forehead. He says uh, this game was like playing the Jets, 5.7 yards per pass attempt. Your lambs will go nowhere. Arik says, with the rookie running back and your quarterback throwing like that, bad job by you. <laughs> well, Arik, I heard the same thing when the Rams had Jared Goff and got to the Super Bowl, and they said, well, you're not going to go anywhere. That defense is not good. The, the defense wasn't good, and they still got to the Super Bowl because Drew Brees choked. The Saints choked in the in the playoffs, in the Dome, and there's a lot of choke on that New Orleans team in the playoffs. People don't like to bring that up, but it's, it's a fact. It is absolutely a fact. Robin Vegas says, so much for the better story in the losing locker room, Ben. Uh, there, There is an exception to the rule, as, as you point out, Rob. And I did get to the Patriots. I did get to the Patriots. And uh, we addressed that. Uh, uh, the Burner account says, Benjamin, that's a bad job by you. You can't hide the gossip. Don't forget the great words you always said. Don't pay a guy if you don't. Have to? Why would your Clippers do this? Just give everyone's obsessed with the Clippers. I don't know that the Clippers are the most popular team in the entire NBA. Who? I mean, the way we do this show, you guys are upset. I'm talking football and not breaking down the Clippers. It's unreal. Uh, I will address that. And wait till you hear what I have to say. Double O Mexican writes it. He says nine out of ten on the monologue. He's in San Diego. Uh, 100% agree. The NFC is wide open, but what happened to the better story in losing the locker room? Well, I got to the better. I saved it. I saved the better story. I ripped Cam Newton. I tore Cam Newton apart. I ripped Belichick, and what well, what do you want me to do? They were terrible. The game was as as our friend Skeeter pointed out. It was. It the game was over at halftime. He's trash. Now Dolphin Mike's upset with me. He said I uh, cherry picked. Uh garbage time passing statistics. Garbage. Uh, that's what he uh he says. Garbage. Yeah. You want to do how let's go over to a tongue of how he did against that Ram defense. I know it was his first start. Give him a break. Give him a break. It's not his fault. Protect him like he's your kid. I know. I know the I know the rules. I know the way this stuff works. I understand. All right, uh, we'll take some phone calls here at 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. We will get to the wild story, which is a football story, mostly a football story. Uh, It's the stalking horse on the loose, the stalking horse on the loose. We'll have that. Also, a left-handed compliment as well. All right, it is the Ben Maller Show as we press on here Hanging out with you at the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studio. So a wild story. Now, I'm going to make a prediction that this gets turned into some kind of cheeseball TV movie or maybe even a real movie. We had an NFL beat writer, one of the more well-known NFL beat writers, lose his job. And the reason that the writer lost his job, uh, this is according to the tabloids in New York. They actually worked for one of the tabloids. A sports writer for the New York Daily News who covered the Jets had his credentials, his credentials to cover the Jets, pulled for, this is allegedly stalking the general manager's son. The Jets general manager's son, this uh, beat writer has been accused of stalking him. Manish Mehta is his name. He's a well-known NFL writer in New York. He stirs it up, and he's pretty good at his job. Apparently, he went a little too far, too good. He's a stalking horse, and he has covered the Jets' for years and the New York Daily News announced he is no longer with that newspaper they uh, people tried to try to contact him and he was on Twitter he shut down his Twitter account uh, turned that off and he had been banned the jets had banned him from the team facility and had his press credentials revoked there was speculation about what was going on there were some radio reports that said that he was in trouble because he was stalking the GM of the Jets, Joe Douglas's son. Now, there must be more to the story, right? Why? First of all, why, who cares about the GM's son? Like, what are you stalking him for? And then, you know, is this, is this, is this, I want to hear uh, his side of the story. But as we always say, there's three sides, right? There's the Jets' side, there's this writer, Manish Mehta's side, and then there's also the truth. Uh, as well, this is this is quite the intriguing story. Just the the ingredients of the story, though, like those are pretty good jobs. When you're a beat writer at a major New York newspaper covering the NFL, that's a pretty good job. So, what the heck? What happened, man? You know, there's going to be more to come out. There'll be more to that story. And I also would like to predict. I'm thinking litigation. I am thinking a lawsuit is going to happen. All right, uh, let's go to the phones, and uh, let's say hello to, who do we have here? Dave is in Cincinnati. Hello, Dave. Ben Maller. Yes, that's my, my name. Thank you. You know my name. That's amazing, Dave. Look at you. You know my name. Uh, you Maller. always
9: hang up on me. I want to be a regular, Ben Maller.
6: I do not hang up on you. So, Oh, I, oh, this is another thing. So Koopa Loop hangs up on you, and now you saw an opportunity, Dave. You saw that <laughs> Bo is in, not Koop. So you're like, hey, I can get past the gatekeeper, Listen, right?
9: Bo is the greatest call screener you have ever employed what? at Fox
6: Sports Radio. Now think about this, Dave, though. Think of the people that Coop allows on the air, and he won't allow you on the air. No,
9: I get. I, I've been on the air three times, and I still hold a golden ticket. And I want to. I want to uh, ask you about the golden ticket situation. Yeah. Because I don't feel uh, that the golden ticket really
6: does anything.
5: You get nothing.
6: Oh. Well, see, Dave, it's it's it, it's like a a box. It doesn't do anything unless you open it or close it or put something in it. It's an inanimate object, the the golden ticket. To cash the golden ticket in, Dave, you have to call up and alert the producer, usually it's Coop, and let him know, hey, I'm cashing my golden ticket. And then, this is going to blow you away, Dave. It's going to blow your mind. All right? Then the golden ticket is activated. (laughs) <laughs> Just like that. It's activated. Yeah. And yeah. you skip. It's a you go right to the front of the line. Right to the front, oh. Dave. It's an amazing concept. Wow. Well, I didn't want to use my golden ticket tonight. Wow. Well, you understand they they expire. They're like a a carton of milk that they go bad after 30 days. You only have 30 days to use the golden ticket. I believe you're past your 30 days, so you have an expired golden ticket. You
5: get.
9: I don't believe nothing. anybody. Uh, no, I don't believe anybody gave me that disclaimer when I won the golden ticket, Ben.
6: Are you fighting back here? Is that what you're doing? Are you pushing back? I'm standing up for my rights. I'm woke. Oh, you're woke. Are you part of the Are you part of the <laughs> <local Rottie>? Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> you're part of the woke-a-radi, and You drive a Maserati. Well, okay. Anyway, I thank you. But, All right, well, you accomplished a lot, Dave. But thank you for the phone call. It was a very. Fake. I hope it was as good for you as it was for me. So glad I took that phone call. So so happy. All right, uh, let's go to Rudy, who's next. Hello, Rudy.
9: Hello, Ben.
6: Hi. Good morning, Good morning Rudy. What's going on, Rudy? Well, I won a free
5: T-shirt
6: 12 years ago, and I never read. <laughs> oh, this is Gordon. This is Gordon <laughs> in Ottawa. Hi, Gordon. Hi, Gordy. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, all right. I, thank you. I- all right. Yeah, you yeah, are done. Yeah, I'm done. All right. Uh, let's Bo, you're off to a good start. Bo, we're two for two. You want to strike out here? Let's go to CB in Austin. Uh, hello, I think it's CB. Hello, you're on the air, CB. Hey, last
9: time I called you was during the Texas Alabama that's championship game. We had a little disagreement about what could have been out of that game if Colt McCoy would have stayed healthy. But that's ne- that's nevertheless.
6: Mike, wait a minute. Hold on a sec. Where the heck have you been? Where, listening. Wait, 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 wait! I understand, but that Colt McCoy's been in the Colt McCoy's in his mid thirties now. I
9: understand right. that, but I still remember that conversation exactly where I was and everything. And I've been listening to you ever since. I just right, haven't right, call back, us, back let me, in. Let me
6: uh, let me find out because wow. I've I've completely forgotten that conversation. That would be what year are we looking at there? Colt McCoy in. In college, he was drafted. Uh, what was he drafted? 2010. So that is either 2010 or 2009, something like that. 2009, because he went up against
2: like Dominican Sioux in that Big
6: 12 uh, title
2: yep. game. Yep, he threw the
9: ball out of bounds, and they put time, the time back on the clock. Yep. So you've
6: been hanging out. You've been listening for the last 10, 11 years, and now on this night, you decided to call in.
9: You said okay. you wanted some new people to call I knew, in. So I do. I do. And you know what? You're
6: you're you're a new guy. You're like a new guy because I haven't talked to you in over ten years. My goodness, yeah, I was in Burger King time.
9: parking lot. Me and you were debating about that game how the outcome could have been if Colt McCoy would have stayed healthy in that game.
6: Oh. Now, when's the last time you ate a Burger King?
9: Ah, uh, about a
6: month ago. Yeah. What's your go-to fast food place?
9: Uh, right now got to be Popeyes.
6: Popeyes, yeah, I got you. Now, do you, you guys have? Ever- a... <laughs> No, the bit. How can you not eat the biscuits? What's wrong with the biscuits? The biscuits are good. Uh, too dry. The best biscuits are Church's biscuits. Oh. Okay. <gasps> All right. Now, what about raising canes? Do you guys have raising canes there?
9: Yeah, I'm in Austin. Yeah, I'm listening to you from the zone. Okay. Uh, AM I, I know. No, no, but
6: but do you have raising canes though. That's yeah, thing. I got raising canes. Yeah, I got them. Uh-huh. they be- stay up be- until that,
9: four that, in the morning that, here?
6: That, that's that. That's better than Popeyes. Come on, you know. Ah. Uh, I can do without it. Their
9: their skin is too dry on the chicken. The Popeye's got that nice batter.
6: Uh, you're listening wow. live. We are we are breaking down fast food chicken right now with my guy C B in Austin, who's got his big board. So you have Popeye's number, number one, dude. but Church's bread is number two, and then Raising Canes is low on the list. What about like KFC? Do you have KFC on your big board?
9: Uh yeah, but only the uh extra crispy.
6: Only, yeah, you know you ex- I hey. agree with you on that. I'm right there with hey. you on that. You don't want to get yeah, that they, stuff,
9: yeah. They got some soggy uh, their original. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't want that the, soggy, the, ch- the
6: soggy. Nobody, hey. nobody wants soggy chicken. Yeah, yes. How can hey. I help you? Hey, well, let me
9: let me run something by you here and okay. hear me out before right. you before you degrade me. Okay. All right. All right. So I got a way to take down the draft here in the NFL. What if all the uh, guys that was eligible for the draft. Uh, even underclassmen, whatever, don't go back to school. Don't declare for the draft. Come in as free agents. Pick whatever team they want to go to, and then negotiate the contract as is.
6: Yeah, it's not. It's not allowed, though. See, they. I, I understand what you're saying. Like that's a workaround to the way the draft is, but it would mess up everything. I, I, exactly. I, I think they should. I, I, well, you. So you want to see them mess up everything? You, you want chaos. I want,
9: want people cold. to be able to go to a team they want to go to and teams that have a bidding war or yeah. who they're going to pick up. All
6: right. So I, I don't think that's a horrible idea, but they'll never do it. Like They're so set in their ways. They're, they would file lawsuits, and they'd be like, no, we're not going to do that. I, I got to go, CB. Go get some uh, chicken. You're making me hungry. I'll call man. you back right. in 10 more years. All right. I'll talk to you in 2030. I can't wait. Oh, my God. I'll be really an old fart in 2030. My God. Oh, uh, all right, it is the Ben Maller Show. We're going to have the NFL pick which is going to be tough because we're going to have limited time, so these guys have to go quick. Chris and Ball are going to have to go quick. Here is the Who Am I game. All right, the uh, Who Am I game. This is where we pretend to be somebody else, so thus we call it the Who Am I game, a fascinating, fascinating bit. That's right, we have music to accompany this. I know. Try to hold your excitement, please. Try to hold your excitement. All right, here we go. It's where I pretend to be somebody else, unless we call it the who am I game. So, Ben Roethlisberger just had his fifth straight game with 40 or more pass attempts and no sacks. That breaks my since 1970 record of four games with 40 or more pass attempts and no sacks. No other quarterback even has had three such games. Who am I? Again, Ben Roethlisberger, five straight games with 40 plus pass attempts and no sacks, breaking my record since 1970 of four games. Who am I the answer?
2: Next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
5: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury
8: If you're a regular listener, you know the Ben Maller show is unconventional sports talk. We dabble in the outlandish and bond with the freaks and geeks. Facebook's a digital playground for all of us. You can chat with other P1 friends. Of the show, it's painless and you can cancel anytime. Just like our page, go to facebook.com/benmaller show. And I'm live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's Ben Maller. And here is
6: The Who Am I game. We might have time for the NFL pick if I expedite the process or process. Ben Roethlisberger, he just had his fifth straight game with 40-plus pass attempts and no sacks. That breaks my record, which goes back to since 1970, last 50 years of four games. No other quarterbacks had even three such games. Who am I? That's the question. What's the answer? Christina in Spokane is going uh, with uh, Fred. Uh, Who else do we have? Scrooge McDuck from David, a.k.a. Skeeter in Montana. Rowan and Martin from David, who knows where all the good restaurants are in Seattle. The Million Dollar Man. uh, Your your chicken breakdown was wonderful. Who else do we have? Captain Howdy got this right. Drew Brees was guest by Jason. Head of Sea dog Beer Security, going with Dan Fouts. Albert Einstein was guest. J.T. O'Sullivan. From Rich, uh, who else? Never heard of uh, Jim Zorn from Will in Pennsylvania. Kenny Stabler tossed out by Adam. Uh, we have Fran Tarkington from Brewtown. Joey, Alexa Bliss, as always, from Just Josh in Cincinnati. William's going with Ringo Starr as his answer. Randy Savage guessed by Gary. Chris in Des Moines is going with Steve Walsh. Chris, uh, another Chris says it's that jackass real talk, that that is the answer. Uh, Roberto, how about my man Roberto? He's up late. Wait, you got to listen next hour, Roberto. He's It says Roberto's fried chicken. That looks I haven't eaten since uh, the other day. How dare you? That does look good. That is really good looking chicken right there. The man, man. can cook. Yeah. But that, geez. do you want to bring that down to the station? I'm a little further away, though. I think. All right, uh, do you have an answer, Eddie? Please, I need an answer.
8: Yes, the answer is former Steelers quarterback Cliff Stout.
6: Oh, the great Cliff Stout. No, that is incorrect, Eddie. He's a Pennsylvania guy, though, Dan Marino. Dan Marino, back in the day for your Miami Dolphins. So I think we're going to time shift the NFL pick because I know this is going to be a disaster if we do it right now. Uh, Bubba in Texas says, man, Church's got those weaponized biscuits. <laughs> you throw one of those hard-ass biscuits and hit someone in the head, they are going to KO you faster than a Tyson punch. Is that true? I've eaten at, at Church's uh, chicken before. I've not eaten there in a while, though. When's the last time you ate Church's chicken, Eddie? Have you eaten there recently? Have you?
8: No, very no. long time. I think, th- I think it was probably around the time I had some Pioneer chicken.
6: Oh, yeah, that's an L.A. Uh, Pioneer. There's you know still a couple Pioneer chickens left in Southern He's California. You, you know oh, that? No, yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, there's one in, uh, not that we need to give this out on the air, but I think it was in Downey or something like that. It was like, well, there's one of them. I think one or two left. Old chicken. It was a comp- uh, competitor of KFC back in the day. Didn't quite work out for them. Some good chicken. To- I think we did better at talking chicken than we did talking football. <laughs>
2: Probably We could have so. dra- drafted all the chicken places.
6: Oh, I, well, you know, come on, Chris. I try to avoid that kind of, you know, hokey. I do my own hokey stuff. I don't do that hokey
5: sure. stuff. You know what I'm saying? You know,
10: Let's go places.